Well, welcome folks. We're here. We're present. Um, how's quarantine life going for y'all? That's the first question I have. I'll let Arnold go first because I already answered that to you personally. <laughs> got you for the podcast though. Yeah, you got to yeah, you got to tell us for the podcast, Joel. Okay, well, it's going good. Okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Answer. going good. It's going good. I'm an introvert, like I told Neil uh, before we started. So, I'm f- it's not really a huge adjustment for me. Joel's here to get straight into the Star Wars. He doesn't care about <laughs> he doesn't care about this small talk. How's quarantine life going for you or Nav? Um, you know, I got to say uh try working out at home is is annoying like i mean it's just doing the same thing over and over and yeah i'm seeing results a little bit but it's hard to stay motivated and especially talking to people like i miss that bro i I miss just like the open campus i uh i'm i'm more on the extroverted side like i do Mm -hmm. have like some introverted degrees but there's some times i'm just like damn i'm super lonely so i'll just text someone and then we have like a little dialogue and then i'm like work done so i haven't been too productive mm. academically but i love how when, when it comes to this period we're now relying on those two categorizations to be like oh well i'm an introvert so i'm doing fine right i'm yeah. an extrovert so I'm, I'm not i'm not doing fine uh but for like for the most part i am on like, like i was telling joel i am on the introverted side so like I'm like, I'm chilling, you know, with my dogs right now on my bed, chilling. It's like, it's how it usually is. I'm in this, in this area in my bedroom, just getting some kind of work done. So overall it's chilling. And now Clone Wars is over. So that, that's a little bit, it's a little bit. Disheartening. Yeah. Dishear- yeah. It's not, I don't have anything to look for. I mean, I do have stuff to look forward to, but like Clone Wars was like, I think this, this is a great gradual shift into what we're about to talk about but clone wars for me again i'm, I'm, an, I'm an original fan like i'm gonna sit here and be like i watched it from me too. The premiere in 08 to mm-hmm. it, I, I didn't i didn't like attach to it on netflix i watched it on cartoon network same so wood creek junior high talking to all my friends about the new episode back in 2011 <laughs> dude i had like, oh yeah i had one clone wars buddy and that was nathaniel jock when i was growing up Bro, Nathaniel's such a goon. He still sends me, like, Clone Wars memes to this day. I was day. talking He's to him about the episode. Guy. Yeah, I was talking about the episode. So we're, so we're getting into it. Um, what are our quick overall thoughts of this season? I, I've got to say, uh, season seven was very, very exciting. But it was – it had potential. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole Cornette sister thing, I, I, don't, Martez, I don't really Martez. Martez. Sorry, yeah. The whole see, I don't even remember their names because it was such like a stupid arc to me. But the reason why I said it has potential is because I've seen the unfinished animations, and there's like the whole Boba Fett Cad Bane thing. Like, dude, I would have loved to see bounty hunters, not two random Sims sisters and Coruscant. But, you know, other than that, I thought it was a spectacular season. I wish it was longer though, like longer episodes. Right. Right. What about you, Joel? Uh, I gotta be honest, like, it's it's great seeing the Clone Wars back, and, like, even if there's, like, a bad episode of the Clone Wars, I'll still find something to enjoy in it, you yeah. know? Um, I, I guess you could, I could say that about a lot of Star Wars stuff, but as far as, like, me, um, I guess being true to, like, my critical brain, I guess, then, like, I'd say... Honestly, I'd say a majority of the season was a little bland. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's some great moments, especially the last arc, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. But, um, oh, yeah. but yeah, like you were saying, the Martez twins, that whole thing. And even the first arc, like the Bad Batch, like it was okay, but it was just like, I feel like we've seen that arc before, or maybe not that exact plot, but like the same sort of stakes many times in the Clone Wars. It just wasn't anything special to me. <laughs> Um, so I'd say the season overall was, was just okay. Yeah. Uh, that, that's interesting because I was like, try, I'm, I'm on like in the same area as you guys, I think. 
uh, I think the Siege of Mandalore, and I think a lot of people are saying this, but it's not for me. Most people are saying that it's some of the best Star Wars they've seen. For me, it's some of the best television I've seen. Um, it's just scenes after scenes layered in symbolism. So if I were to judge Siege of Mandalore by itself, I'd give it a certain rating, right? But I'm here to judge the entire season. And for me, I think it was still a good season. Um, maybe I'm a little bit more forgiving on the rating of some of those episodes, even though like for me, the uh, Martez arc would probably be like an overall six out of 10. But like, like Arnav said, I would have liked to see like extended episodes. And I think that wasn't even the issue. Like the last episode of the entire series was 23 minutes, but it was so satisfying. It was so good. So I don't even think at this point it was a time limit. It was just the content that they were giving us for the majority of the part. Like it was a very uneven season, I think. But for the most part, I still look at it positively. So those are like my initial thoughts. But we're going to go through this like, I think, arc by arc. But how did y'all feel about the Bad Batch? Because I know, Arnav, you and I watched the majority of the Bad Batch in Austin before the whole situation with COVID-19. You and I had a little, you and I and then I think Viraj and the other goons. But how did y'all feel about the Bad Batch arc? So like I said, I, I thought it was a little, I still thought it was okay, but um, I thought it was pretty bland. Uh, at least at least some of the middle episodes, like the second and third episode, where it's kind of just nonstop action. There isn't really much uh, going on, I guess. Um, I, I, I didn't really... Here's the, if there is a problem I have with the Clone Wars in general, it's that like, so like, you know how Echo returns, right? Mm -hmm. But they have like, I think the last time we saw Echo was what, season three or something like that? It was the Citadel, right? Yeah, the Citadel where yeah. we thought he died. But like, it's such a large gap that it's kind of hard to uh, kind of reconnect with that character because like, it's like, almost like I kind of forgot, I even forgot which one was Echo because like it was, it had been so long. So like, I think maybe the impact wasn't as big as they um, intended it to be. Um, so that was kind of disappointing. Um, do you think it, it had a little bit to do like with the fact that you maybe may have uh, not seen the show for like six years? I, yeah, I do. I do think that had a little, uh, or not a little, I think that had a, quite a bit to do with it. Um, but also like, even if it had aired um, subsequently um, to season six, I still think it would have been a huge right. time jump, which is, mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's not much you can do about that, but um, I just, I didn't really, uh, I don't know. I just, I guess I just didn't really feel this for whatever reason. I didn't really feel the stakes of the bad batch arc that much. I mean, there were some great moments though. Like, um, so I think my favorite moment in the whole arc was when uh, Anakin kills Trench. Right. on the uh on the bridge of the oh now i know now i know what you were going at yeah we should, yeah. I should say this we are going into spoilers oh shoot oh yeah, God, I yeah. know that's my fault that I should be seven minutes in we are going i'm calculating seven minutes i don't know we are going into title. spoilers yeah but, okay so if you haven't watched clone wars up until now what are you doing okay a lot <laughs> of people are getting into clone wars right now <laughs> <laughs> but why would you watch this though you know you assume that this would be yeah spoiler. why would you watch a a potentially like 45 50 minute podcast where we just talk about no spoilers uh, there wouldn't yeah, be but, much to talk about <laughs> yeah there wouldn't be much to talk about sorry joel right. go completely no but that, that was a great moment because it just showed anakin's dark side and uh in a really natural and and kind of fun way i guess fun and like just a sadistic sense sort of but like it's just fun to see that transition so yeah that was a good moment i also liked the um when anakin was talking to Padme via hologram. Oh, and, that was um, cute. They held hands. But, and Rex and Rex Rex was like in on it. Like he was helping Anakin. Yeah. That was, I was like, that's crazy. Cause like, he, like not even Obi, I mean, Obi-Wan, they imply that Obi-Wan knew, but Anakin never told him up front, but he told Rex up front. Like, yeah. I mean, I can understand why, because Rex isn't a Jedi and he wouldn't have any like, you know, prior bias, I guess, against stuff like that. But I thought that was really interesting and a nice little detail mm -hmm. i feel like they they were gonna bring it back or something later but they they kind of just never brought it up again which i guess they didn't need to but there yeah, were was... a lot of things they didn't bring back like the whole echo thing if y'all remember near the end of 
the like arc or Echo Echo gives hints of like the fact that he's gonna betray his squad or something. But I think that was mainly because like he still had the the separatist algorithms and hardwiring. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. in a sense, I think mainly why Rex felt so weird about it is because Rex is so used to Echo being like an arc trooper and him standing by. So the fact that he finally got someone from like the completely destroyed Domino squad, he's like, okay, I'm going to protect Echo because he's known him for a long time, right? And then to see like 20 minutes later, Echo's like, nah, fuck this. I'm going to go with like this new ass squad you've only known for like four days. So I could see why Rex is kind of like put off by it, especially when everyone he's watched die. And then he sees one come back to life. So of course he's going to cling on and they're going to leave of their own accord. I think that's why it messed up Rex a little bit more. I think the most tragic characters in this, in the, I think the six films, I'd say, yes, the six films are the people who survived. You know, oh, yeah. not just the six films, but also including the shows. Like, they, I think that's something they always show. Like, the most tragic characters are always the people who survived. Yeah, dude, Jar Jar was a real one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bro, we all, we all know what he's doing, like, at the, not at this moment, but like, he's, he's like, what, he's homeless? Like, well, like at that. this moment, he's still part of the Senate. Well, technically, Dude, at, at this, this moment, moment, he's dead because this was a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. I don't okay. know, man. Jar Jar is actually the Sith Lord, <laughs> bro. Jar Jar's the one that fished Palpatine out of the Death Star. <laughs> he fished him out. <laughs> he's a real Sith Lord, dude. Dark he, what, Dark what, were, what were your thoughts on the Bad Batcher knob? So, like, like Joel said, there were some episodes, like, whenever I went over to your place, bro, there were some, like, boring-ass episodes where all they did was shoot. Like, that's all yep, they did. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was just 23 minutes of, like, someone shooting. So, you said You the, said it was, like, a, a COD map. <laughs> it was literally a COD map. Yeah. <laughs> They're just out here shooting. And then, um, but I've got to say, like, like, the first episode, them teasing about Echo was super cool. The second episode, they're just shooting shit. And then the third episode, they're shooting shit. And then the fourth episode, I thought was really cool how they, like, how they showed, like, for instance, Wrecker being huge, like, colossal, so he could do huge strain things. And the way they the way they destroyed the droids was very unique, which I guess justifies the 23 minutes of action. And, right. Yeah, it, but it was also very interesting to see how, like, you see six seasons of Rex, like, never stepping out of line for his personal gain. And then in season seven, like, I think he's so fed up with shit that he's like, okay, we have to go rescue Echo. And then when they're like, you just let everyone die, Rex is like, okay, fuck. So, you know, he, um, it's, it's very interesting to see how he also taps into his inner anger, kind of like Anakin. It's really weird, like, like how Cody's like a reflection of Obi-Wan super tactical doesn't do anything outside of the book what i found very interesting about the arc is how rex like really shows how he's a reflection of anakin because like he's also like you see six seasons of rex being like a loyal soldier does follows orders and then season seven when he hears about echo like he doesn't care uh, if anyone else really gets hurt he's kind of like we have to go rescue him. we have to go rescue him even though like let's say if it was a season three rex I'm pretty sure Rex wouldn't jeopardize the entire mission. So seeing him go more into his personal beliefs like Anakin does, it, I think it kind of showed his more character development, how he's becoming an independent thinker. So just looking at that, that was pretty cool in the Bad Batch arc. And then, of course, the ending. I didn't like the Bad Batch ending that much because, like, you know, Echo did end up going to uh, going with Bad Batch, but I, I, they might have set it up because... I'm pretty sure if Echo joined with Rex again, and I know this is going to be in our discussion further, but then, like, in the finale, um, with everyone on board, Rex and Ahsoka, I'm pretty sure Echo would have been there as well. So it would have been even worse on Rex. So I guess it was, like, for the better uh, yeah. that Echo left. I think my, my take on the Bad Batch was, like, it was good. It's just, again, that was another thing that felt uneven because... I remember when watching the first episode, 20 minutes in, something we had waited for about six years. Um, it ends and literally we all yell like, "Yeah, he should have been in that room, man!" Like it just ends and we all yell and we're like, "That's it!" Like, 
and and it was a it was an all right episode, right? I think for me it goes all right, great, all right, great when it comes to the Bad Batch series. I think mm-hmm. the second one, I didn't mind the action. Like again, the first one did feel like a cod map. The second one was well handled. It had more emotion. It had more more weight to it because of the whole beginning with Anakin, Padme, Rex, and Obi Wan, and I also felt that, again, they had, I think they had the moment between Rex and Anakin, too. Like, there were a lot of character moments that I did appreciate in that second episode. The third one felt like a season one episode. It felt like an episode just pulled out of season one with those flying creatures. I forget what they called them. Yeah. Uh, and then the fourth episode, I thought, was, like, the best one out of that four part. Like, I thought it was great. I loved seeing the way Anakin, you guys did that, that hint of the turn. Um and I, I do like the ending. Like, I didn't mind Echo just, like, be, like dipping, right? I understand what's happening and, like, what might be going through his head. So I do get that. I just thought it was strange that, like, you didn't see the conclusion of that part, like, Echo and the Bad Batch, even though they slightly hinted at it. So that was my take on the Bad Batch. Again, for the most – it was uneven, but for the most part, I leaned towards liking the Bad Batch. It's just the middle part the the meat i would say of like the quote-unquote meat of the um the season the middle it was that was just a different story the question i have for y'all is do y'all think the first two arcs were necessary to this season i think they had like they had aspects and themes that were necessary or not not even necessary but they they were consistent with you know, the final arcs and they kind of created a whole um, tone, I, uh, an entire tone or a tone of the entire season. But I think if we're just going along, like going as far as the story, not necessarily, I mean, but also mm-hmm. like what, what would you consider the point of the season to be? Because if we're just going like by the themes mm-hmm. and not a certain story like beats, then I think, yeah, I they think were like necessary. each season of Clone Wars has had a theme. Like, if you see, yeah. like, they're all labeled, they have a label to them for the most part, right? Oh, that's true, yeah. And like, the third one is like discovering secrets or something like that. So there's like an overall like theme going on. But the first two seasons is a lot of just like war, right? A lot of the same thing just kept on repeating, right? So, but and even with like the sixth season, sixth season, I felt very empty, but not in a bad way. Like, that's what they're trying to do. This one, there was no consistent, like, theme, it felt like. Like, maybe with Bad Batch, it made sense. Okay, actually, I think with the Bad Batch, it did make, like, I understood what they're trying to show. with them. Even with the Martez sisters, I got what they were trying to show. But it didn't feel consistent. Like, even though they're different arcs within the entire series, it still feels consistent to that season. Because I, I thought that I thought they were each arc was somewhat consistent in just showing, you know, the 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 flaws of the Republic basically, like, and kind of just like, the I thought the theme of the season was just things are just falling apart, falling apart. and like yeah, like, and I thought I thought each uh, arc showed that. However, I do agree that um, some episodes meandered a lot, and it kind of. <laughs> you know made the it kind of muddied the waters i guess a little bit and and not in a good way um right yeah well also i had one more thing to add arnav i really liked your uh like your analogy with um, well not analogy but your intuition on rex sort of mirroring anakin and his decision making and i feel like ahsoka did the same thing um as rex i mean obviously they were on the same path at the end of the season but it kind of just goes to show that everyone that becomes really close with Anakin, even Obi-Wan to a certain extent, um, ends, ends up like questioning the Jedi Order and the Republic right. and kind of being somewhat of a rogue. Obviously the difference being that Anakin goes the complete opposite direction and uh, Ahsoka and Rex kind of just become neutral, I guess, or doing their own thing. But yeah, that, that was really interesting. Then. I mean, the Kenobi, I, I didn't really think about Kenobi, uh, Anakin rubbing up on Kenobi, but you're right, like, not in not even in just season seven but you could tell like in a lot of the seasons especially like any mandalore arc when when did the duchess die was that season five. six or five season five, five right five. season five that's when we has dark mall yeah mm-hmm. so like even there 
the Jedi's like, yeah, I'm, we're not going to send reinforcements and stuff. And you can tell, like, Kenobi was obviously, like, disheartened by it. Right. And it's really, like, odd to see, to show him, uh, to see him show emotion against the Jedi Council ruling. Because he's, like, a pretty by-the-book guy. Yeah, that was actually pretty interesting to see. It really gave him more of a personality. The issue with Kenobi, like you said, is, like, there is a part of him questioning the entire, like, process of the way the Jedi run their, like, operation in, like, the past, in that, like, the frame of those years. But at the same time, like, like Arnav said, he's a very by-the-book guy, which kind of shows, like, why things kind of fell apart between him and Anakin. Anakin does rub off on Kenobi, but in a different way. And I think whenever Ahsoka gets pissed off at him at the beginning of Siege of Manwar, he's like, okay, yeah, no, I get it. Like, I get why you're pissed off, right? Yeah. And so I do understand. And like, also re-watching that scene where they, tr- and they, they kind of quote-unquote admit to like... Uh, they, they don't really say sorry to Ahsoka. Like, even whenever they messed up, Windu's like, consider this, like, training or some bull crap, right? Like, the, <laughs> like, it just goes, like, goes to show that Anakin was correct. It's just the way he handled it, or handles it, isn't in the best way. Dude, 95% of the bullshit could have been avoided if Windu was just like, hey, you know what, let me take a step back, because first of all, like, in in Clone Wars, when he's like considered this training, Plo Koon is the only one who actually apologized to Ahsoka. And Plo Koon was the only one that I think that, that like genuinely got mad. Like that was very interesting to see him angry because you don't think Plo Koon's ever angry. Um, and then Mace Windu's like think of his training. Then of course, you know we have we have like the great prequel meme of have a seat, young Skywalker. Skywalker so yeah, <laughs> yeah. and when uh, he was like. Um, I mean, okay, to be fair, Mace Windu did have a point, though, when he said that, like, uh, Ahsoka, when Ahsoka asked on the hologram, like, meeting, like, if she could know what they were, like, what what they were doing as far as, like, spying on the Chancellor, and he was just like, you're, like, no, but that was, like, out of citizens. That was out of spite, though. It was out of spite, but (laughs) also, like, no, it was out of spite, but also, like, it is his, like, it is the Jedi's business. Like, if Ahsoka yeah. doesn't want to be a Jedi, then she doesn't need to hear it. But right. I do agree that that was stupid of Mace Windu to say in the long run because because he said that, Ahsoka didn't tell him about what Darth Maul told her about Anakin. Because in the end of the upset. day, like, she was still, like, quote-unquote, working for them, like, for that moment. Right. She's turning in Darth Maul for free and Jedi's like, <laughs> oh, free real estate. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yoda was a lazy little shit too. Like no, he just sat there. <laughs> he sat there for six seasons. <laughs> the funniest part is like when he sees it's coming in season six and he's like, "Should I?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't do anything. Just let it happen. <laughs> Bro, Yoda's so fucking stupid. Oh my god, but but that's beside the point. But uh, but yeah, I think that wraps up the the bad batch arc, right? Should we yeah. move on to? I mean, the... I really want to get to Siege of Mandalore, but like, let's get through the the Martez sisters arc, um, and our our thoughts on that. And start with you, yeah. Rav. So, although as a whole, I didn't like the Martez sisters, but I thought it was very interesting that they brought the point that the Jedi don't do shit on Coruscant, mm-hmm. like they don't do anything for the Coruscant people, which is very ironic seeing how they're meant to serve the people and then the planet they're on, like they only care about people in the Senate, right? And you've got like whack people in the Senate, like uh, what's his name? Ornfried Ta. He's like the fattest Twi'lek I've ever seen yeah. in my life, right? Yeah. Like all he does is eat and then throw back to like season three or four, whenever like Mason does action to action, you see like Ryloth and everyone's emaciated and then Ornfried Ta's just eating. It's like, what are the Senators doing? But aside from that, I liked how they showed regular people in Coruscant. Like, you know, in episode two, we got Dexter, right? But, like, he's not a regular person. He's, he seems pretty happy. But most people in Coruscant, like, it's messed up down there in the underground. So I think it was very interesting how the, Mar- uh, the Martez sisters, when uh, they highlighted the Jedi's hypocrisy, and they were like, yeah, you know, we had 
we had people like crashing into our home, which killed our innocent parents. Because you watch all of Star Wars, right? They have these random bombings, random explosions. Yeah. How many citizens do you think like died in Remember, that? And the giant, uh, the giant like power outage in Coruscant. Yeah, like yeah. I'm pretty sure like millions <laughs> of people died. And then Godzilla. Think of, like, think of all the. Oh yeah, Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, the whole Holy Godzilla. Sh- Dude, Godzilla would have killed Palpatine. He knew Palpatine was a Sith Lord, and Yoda couldn't see it. Like, none of the Jedi could see it. But this dude knew, which is crazy. Like, going back to that episode, you see, like, Palpatine's actually scared. And that's why he wants to kill the Zillow Beast. But uh, aside, I digress. But, like, aside from that, yeah, it was very interesting seeing how they actually highlighted what happens to your surroundings whenever you blow a ship up or something. Like, I bet all those Republic cruisers and those Separatist ships, they shoot down in space. I'm pretty sure that took out, like, 50 million people on a planet. The crime syndicate thing was interesting, but I'd say, like, the only cool part about it is how it built, like, Darth Maul's reputation as king of the underworld. I think, aside from that, yeah, the Pikes have cool voices. That's all I can say, like, redemption for the arc. The Pikes have cool voices. The only cool thing about the Martez sisters is how they were, like, showing Jedi hypocrisy, which lasted, like, what, five minutes? And then Darth Maul being king of the underworld. Otherwise, they don't really, like, rub off on to me too much. Mm-hmm. That's really all I have to say about the Martez arc. I mean, yeah, I, I pretty much agree um, for the most part on every point you made. Like you said, like, it was cool seeing the, the underworld of Coruscant and, like, these normal people and how it's kind of just, like, a it feels like the Jedi only care about people on the top level, like like you said, like the politicians and rich people and other Jedi. But like majority of the planet lives below the surface. Like there's like what there's like three thousand levels mm-hmm. or something, five thousand levels. Um and like, yeah, these people are just miserable. Like there's like no infrastructure and like there's crime and people kind of just have to, you know, um they kind of just have to, I guess, find their own way. I think if there's one thing that the art did right um, was world building. And like, other than, of course, the message that the Jedi, I mean, but I feel like that's been, you already kind of said everything that needed to be said there. But also, yeah, there was some really good world building, not just for Coruscant, but for the, uh, like, um, we saw some like aliens, like species that we haven't seen in a long time. Like, I forgot the name of the species, but uh, it was like the the pod racer, not Sebulba. It's he's like the he's shaped like the Germex. Uh, oh, or like the, I know. Or no, I the know Mucinex. The Mucinex. Yeah, like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, we saw his species. That was pretty fun. And like uh, we saw Kessel again, and then we saw I think the Pike World is like Obadiah or something like mm. that, right? Um, so that was cool. Um, Season of an episode three of that arc was so useless like i felt like i had wasted my time because they begin and end in the same exact spot right right? they they make it so far and then they just get caught again and there's like nothing wrong with that right like if you if you have like a lot of stuff going on in between but all they're doing other than explaining like the situation what it's like to live on coruscant for like maybe two three minutes all, all that happens is they're trying to escape nothing important happens like if they would have basically had something like that would have had more of that dialogue that they had at the beginning of that episode where they explain like what it was like what it's like to live on Coruscant I would have enjoyed it because I was like okay this is kind of like the civil war like the uh the uh, Avengers civil war or Captain America civil war of Star Wars kind of like show like what happens on the side right or quote-unquote the side so I thought that was interesting but then like after that these were spending about like 18 minutes 17 18 minutes just trying to escape and you get nowhere so i think i do like arnav said i do understand what they were going for but i think there was a more interesting way of doing it there was an episode they just they could have pulled out and they could have given us something else like again like i know what they're trying to do they just didn't succeed for the most part again like i i think that middle part was just like why did this exist especially whenever like you knew it just felt like something they needed to get out of the way so Ahsoka has now a reason to go into the next four episodes which right. is absolutely beautiful yeah <laughs> let's get into siege of mandalore um 
Oh man, that that first okay. First of all, from the like from the first like shot, like from the Lucasfilm logo, right? I was like, wait, am I watching the right episode? Like, did I accidentally click like a season one episode? I thought it was like a, I thought I was watching like a bootleg or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, this isn't the intro. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on for a little bit, right? And then from the opening crawl, like, you know, whenever something's so good that you just let out like a laugh or something, like, oh my gosh, like that that was me. Like it just the opening crawl, red text, and it it felt like okay, we're in we're in something different now. Like I know that was their that was what they intended from I mean, I could go on about that first episode. That first episode is I think my favorite episode of the entire series. It it just was a beautiful opening and the way they introduced Kenobi and where he like blocks a shot or something, like that was insane. That was absolutely insane. And that from the moment from the beginning where like all those uh the uh clone troopers were on the bottom of that bridge and like oh, yeah. everything about that forty minute episode just felt perfect. It it, it felt like 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 literally Star Wars. Like that's like you finally see like oh I know you see a lot of Star, like the war aspect in Clone Wars, but for me, like the way they just directed everything and animated everything, it just, it was more immersive this time. Right. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. And there were character moments, great action, a lot of money shots where like Ahsoka just jumps off something and something blows up in the background. She has her lightsabers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So I just thought the first episode was beautifully made like the third following but the, the i think the three following after that first ones were a lot more dark and rooted in character development but there's again nothing wrong with that it's just that the first one had a healthy balance of everything i i i also loved um the new general grievous model it's kind of oh, trivial, that was but beautiful yeah he going uh, up hard mm-hmm. i was i was a little disappointed that they didn't show him after that but still it was nice to set it was a nice setup for uh I guess what would eventually be um, Revenge of the Sith, which I guess starts like at the end of the episode, doesn't it? It starts in the middle of the episode. As soon as Angel Mandalore happens, you'll notice that the oh, music like the... is the same as the Battle of Coruscant. Right. Hey, let's not forget though, that first episode, Anakin committed war crimes. That's <laughs> he literally said, hey, let's surrender, and they surrender. He, he pulls an Obi-Wan. I think Obi-Wan did this in season one as well, right? He surrenders, and he yes. orders like an airstrike. Yeah, so no, Anakin was, and Obi Wan, bro. <laughs> that was, I think, that was in the theatrical release, right? That was in the film, at the Clone Wars. I think, film. yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think that was in the film. It's yeah. kind of sad though how in that how in that first episode though, like Ahsoka treats Anakin so coldly. Yeah, yeah, it's not his fault, and Ahsoka's like. I think her not. I think her issue is that because I rewatched the scene where she leaves, right? Um, when she leaves the Jedi Order, and I think. She thought that if she gives in to Anakin's kindness, that Anakin's gonna think that oh, she's gonna come back, right? Like he, she didn't want to mislead him. Oh, okay. Like that's the way I saw it, right? Like, are you talking about the season six one? No, like in, no. Whenever she was cold in the beginning of Siege of Mandalore, like I understood why she was. Doing oh. It. Yeah, like she knew. She knew that if she gave in to anything, she was enthusiastic. Then Anakin was be like, "All right, you're back." And she just didn't want to have to like deal with that and let him down. I guess it actually sets a pretty good precedent because it's kind of sad how how coldly she treated him, and then how they just wave, uh, pretty much. And then that's the last she sees of him before she sees him in Rebels as Darth Vader, right? Right. And then she says, "Hey, I'm not going to leave you, not like this time." And it adds more to the depth of when like Darth Vader was looking down, because I'm pretty sure if she says, "I'm not going to leave you," and left it as that. Vader could have been brought back a little bit, like Anakin could have brought back a little bit more, like a little bit longer. But when she has, when she said this time, now he remembers her, him, her betraying him like two times, actually technically three times, uh, with her death in the finale. But uh, like first time her leaving the Jedi Order, second time her leaving for Mandalore, and then third time him finding her lightsaber like with clone corpses. So, like, he's been betrayed so many times. So, I guess, like, it really, like, adds more character. To yeah, because he's probably, like, now, it's, now, now that it's this situation, now you're, like, oh, I'm not going to leave, right? Yeah, now yeah. that I'm, like, yeah. Was episode two the Maul versus 
Ahsoka confrontation? It was. Yes. It was. Yeah. Yes. Episode ten. I thought that one was episode ten. Yeah. Yeah. Episode ten. Two I thought of that... the of the arc. Episode two of the arc. Episode, yeah. Episode two of the arc. Episode ten overall. Um, I thought that one was out of the four of them. I, I hate to say the weakest because that one was still like great. Like that one was really great. Really, I thought the third was maybe the weakest, even though I liked it. The third but... one had me shook. Like, I thought the third one was well handled. Like I said, like, I right. hate to pinpoint which one is the weakest. But for me, I think it felt like Maul was trying to flex a little bit too much that he knows what's going to go down. I think they just overdid that part a little bit. Like, maybe that's me nitpicking. But um, that's the only part that did it for me. I just, I think once the second episode hit that's when i started to feel the anxiety that just kept on increasing per me too that's why that's why i loved it so much it was starting to set up big time like the darkness that was about to come yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think uh in regards to your point neil about them flexing about maul knowing more i think maul like would know more because he's big basically like a lone wolf operating, right? So obviously he's going to receive a lot of information throughout the galaxy. He knows what's going on. And also he's probably more deeply connected to the force than really any of the other Jedi. Cause he doesn't have Palpatine always shrouding him, right? Like Palpatine Whoa. shrouding the entire council and Maul also like lived on Dathomir. Then there's also um, underground spies and things like that so he probably knew there was going to be a plan because think about if you look back at all the way back to phantom menace right Sidious never anticipated maul like disappearing right he also he also didn't anticipate dooku going into the dark side dooku only became sith because qui-gon died so if qui-gon didn't die dooku wouldn't be there maul would still be there so i'm pretty sure maul like knew some sort of like idea of what was going to happen to the jedi yeah like i'm pretty sure that darth maul knew the majority of the plan because sidious's original plan was probably to have probably to keep maul around for a while until anakin was old enough um like mm-hmm. uh, like you said i don't think he intended for dooku to even be there i think dooku was just like oh crap like something went wrong i have to have someone to plug this hole for a little while so yeah he probably did tell maul like everything probably except that he would betray him obviously but um, yeah but there's a comic Com- right in yeah. which that shows like sidious is torturing maul after he captures him in mandalore they reference it sure in the, that time in the arc yeah yeah i'm pretty sure in that time sidious might have said something like oh the jedi are gonna die or like he had a plan but he never told maul what the plan was so maul probably had an idea that he knew like the jedi are gonna fall he just didn't know how I think Dooku might have told them because um, he even says in the arc, like, or in the second episode, he was like, I used to think that Dooku was this old fool, but like, like when he, like, I learned a lot from him that like me and him are both one step behind. Right. And then he mentioned, he mentioned, he mentioned getting saved by the clan and like that all happened in the comics. So yeah, I think sort of, sort of similar to, um, to uh, what Dooku told Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones. Bro, Obi Wan is so stupid. Holy shit! Dude, Dooku literally told him everything. (laughs) Even in Clone Wars, Dooku's like, "I've told you everything you need to know," and Obi Wan's like, "Nah, dude, I don't know what's going on." (laughs) I think they were afraid of, like, what Yoda said is like, if we go down this path, only darkness that we'll see. Like, I think they they kind of knew, but they didn't want to overstep their their boundaries right because then it does look treasonous that they're removing someone without evidence like they can't i think the issue is they can't go strictly off of intuition even though like the republic isn't the republic isn't just the jedi that's the thing it's the entire senate as well and they're just a bunch of people they're not tapping into the forest they're just a bunch of politicians so whatever they see is going to be like extremely skewed compared to what the jedi see that was crazy good. It, it really showed the instability of Maul. Like he knew something was going to happen and he was trying his best to communicate it, which really took me by surprise. Cause you always see Maul as this like cool character who like gets angry at times maybe, but never to the point where he's like begging. I liked seeing Rex. Um, Rex was like, so 
close to Ahsoka and you know the Jedi generals in, in the Jedi generals in general that um, even though he still had the ch- his chip when executed when Order sixty six was uh, executed. Mm-hmm. Um, that he still was like he was freaking out like he, he like he was like get Jesse get Jesse and like he couldn't shoot I mean he did eventually start shooting at Ahsoka but he couldn't shoot her right in that moment because it was also sudden like but like yeah. he, it was like he's like wrestling with the uh, the inhibitor chip um, yeah I think the part that like I really liked in terms of just uh, obviously filmmaking was the way they uh mirrored the the conflict scene in Revenge of the Sith, like the music they played and right. played it for like the first about I think five, ten minutes of uh that third episode. I think mm. that was just really well done and really great, I think. I would say I really would say filmmaking. And that shows like I think that shows Dave Filoni's improvements twelve year in those twelve years like running Star Wars. Let me just say by the way the animation throughout the season is beautiful like oh yeah top like quality it was it was great yeah like it was so different to the animation we were used to i remember uh anil's plays i think it was arjuna i think maybe neil you agreed with it too it looked a little cartoony at first like the characters yeah. looked a little bit more cartoony but then like as i as i watched i could great i could see like the animation going great um I've got to say, I think the best part of Siege of Mandalore, like obviously the Order 66 part was pretty cool, but the fact that they got, um, I, I don't remember his name, but the fact that they got them to do the full body. Uh, yeah, they, they got full body recording. They, yeah, they, they got the uh, actor who played Maul to actually do the, is that oh, what you're talking about? Ray Park, yeah. Ray Park, yeah. Yeah, yeah that it, was, it was cool. It was really cool because like, there were moments in which I saw like Ahsoka do a pretty slow spin, and because you've watched like six seasons of Clone Wars, you're like, "Wait, is that that looks so weird?" But then in real life, you realize like that just makes it more realistic, right? Because like everything looks sped up in all of their duels, but then the Maul and Ahsoka duel looked like like actual choreography. Yeah, I was like, uh, at first I was like, "Did they motion capture this?" Because yeah. Darth Maul was fighting like very similar to how we fought in the phantom menace i was like this looks like ray park's movements so if that's did he actually motion capture that yeah yeah, yeah they cool. actually do a behind the scenes a video, which, uh, uh, yeah that's pretty awesome yeah it's cool how like ray park is motion capture and then uh if you guys ever played the, the force unleashed games how mm-hmm. uh star killer is the one that's voicing darth maul sam Whitworth, so, yeah. yeah it's just interesting to say like two big two big guys like in one room but dude, Ray Park. I mean, man, he's been he's been keeping up his talents for the last twelve. But wait, when did when did episode one come out? Nineteen ninety eight. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. So for the last twenty one years. Twenty one years. Like you can still see videos of Ray Park like doing Darth Maul shit. And he also played. Uh, he played Darth Maul in Solo as well. Full makeup. Oh, and everything. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't, sure. yeah, and like I, I wasn't too sure how his acting would be because he didn't really like we say didn't, much in the. I, in the original voice Menace. of you're right. The original voice of uh, Darth Maul in the Phantom Menace is his name is Peter Serafinowitz, I think, mm-hmm. and he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff, but um, for Solo, uh, the voice was Sam Witwer, like once from the Clone Wars. So. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting seeing Ray Park, you know, I guess lip sync sort of. Yeah. Sam Witwer's lines when the original is a completely different voice actor, but they they sound similar though. Yeah, and I I think again like that just goes to show the dedication they had to the show, knowing what fans actually want, and that that's a little bit to do with Dave Filoni. No, a lot to do with Dave Filoni actually. Like that man, I think should run Star Wars. He's the guy who should be in charge yeah, of like so running Star Wars. Like I know running Lucasfilm is a different deal. Like in the end of the day, you you need a Kevin Feige type, and I know George Lucas selected Kathleen Kennedy, but you need someone like Filoni. And if Filoni were to run Lucasfilm in an ideal situation, which I think I don't know if Disney would actually make that decision to have Filoni run Lucasfilm. That's just a way too ideal situation. But like if they did. 
in terms of the creative side of it, I think he definitely yeah. excelled. Maybe the business side needs some training. We don't know, but like someone needs to put that dude in charge of Star Wars. And in some way, I think he is because he has his hand in everything Star Wars right now. Mm-hmm. So I get like the whole mall situation and the, what he did with mall goes to show his dedication and really his understanding of Star Wars. Uh, one thing I wanted to, this is kind of like a sidetrack, but when it came to episode three of The Siege of Mandalore, I think the part that really got me was the music, the way they cued the music at that situation whenever they all turn on Ahsoka. I think that was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And then we get to that final episode, just another beautiful beautiful episode and a beautiful ending what did y'all think of that final episode i thought it was fantastic like um i think there's there was a lot of symbolism but before i get to that just like uh it's like you said before with a whole uh just like joel said with rex fighting the inhibitor chip for like those five seconds saying get fives get fives uh the fact that ahsoka like picked up on that is like just amazing intuition of course i have to say darth maul what a badass like god damn <laughs> yeah he's just out here like decapitating clones um that he, it's just he made, crazy he made one clone just start shooting a bunch of other clones yeah dude it was so crazy like he he literally took their heads off he like he was like cutting them in half with metal plates and he's like you will you give me a fighting chance so because like i'm not rooting for you and then he goes out to a ship and leaves. Um, <laughs> like, he's such a good... He's just trying to get out of there, man. He just even, he's like, there's nothing I can do about this. I knew all about this. Might as well yeah. Just... <laughs> like, he, he was like, care. you brought this on yourself, and part of you was like, screw you, but you're right. Like, you're yeah, absolutely exactly. correct. Um, I think what, what hurt the most is, like, you actually see Rex cry. I think we've only seen clones like cry two times. The first one is when Waxer realizes that everyone he's been shooting were clones under right, yeah. Corell's command. Um, and I the second time that is scene. That yeah, scene is brilliant. And, and season three, so so good. good. Season four, season four. Sorry, season four, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah, like, then, we're shooting on the wrong people. But yeah, it, it's crazy. So. That scene was very impactful. And then, of course, I didn't come up with it by myself, but when they were, I was reading the comments, and when they were burying all the clones, you just see, like, the zoom in on Jesse's helmet and how, like, it shows the Republic's helmet and how Jesse died with the Republic. So that was very interesting. And, of course, Vader. Just, like, this, the whole design of Vader in the Clone Wars as opposed to, like, this weird, like, skinny, oblong shape in Rebels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's so stretched on Rebels, right? But, like, in the Clone Wars, the snowtroopers look pretty oh, fire. Man. The stormtroop, the regular stormtroopers as well. They looked yeah. good. They looked, they looked great, good. man. Yeah. yeah. And then Vader just comes in. It kind of made me, like, wish they just animated Rebels like that the entire show. <laughs> like, I guess budget at the time and whatnot, but still, it's just... What what effing budget, dude? They had Disney backing them. What what freaking budget? <laughs> Maybe time. What are they focusing I... money on? Oh, probably the films, right? The films, like, yeah. I, I doubt Dis- Disney was probably like Rebels. No one cares about you, Filoni. Put him on the side. Even that's though, like, the thing, though. If 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 you if Disney doesn't care about it, then the people aren't gonna care about it. Like the more you right. invest in in um into these projects the better they're going to turn out you know quality wise and the more people will care about them exactly that's why the entire like movie star wars cast is not coming back like they all john boyega dude john boyega was actually like he hated the films uh mark hamill hated the films um poe dameron the actor and then yeah they they both all three express their discontent Especially John Boyega. Yeah, John was Boyega like, was good. John Boyega just did not give. Like, I think I think John Boyega was. I think he was sick of the studio because he had a mass. He had massive respect for J.J. Abrams. It's just that. Yeah. I mean, this is not a Rise of the Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker uh, podcast, review, yeah, but... but like Rise of Skywalker felt like Disney's hand was too involved 
in that film. Yeah, it didn't um, feel like someone's a vision. It just felt like they got product. ponies on Star Destroyers. <laughs> <laughs> and and part of me is like, like for some reason, the sequel trilogy does not it doesn't ruin Clone Wars, but it does like for some like it actually maybe it does a little bit. Like it doesn't ruin Clone Wars itself, but like the fact that like things just turn for about 50 years right like not 30 like not 20 years anymore now it's like 50 years things are effed up right and the issue now is like sequel trilogy if you look at it is the exact repeat of the original trilogy right so Mm -hmm. how do you know how do you know that that part isn't going to happen for like 10 hypothetically episode 10 11 and 12 you know what i'm saying also i just can't see palpatine anymore as a threat like Whenever they talk about him in the Clone Wars, like Darth Maul mentions him, Darth Sidious, and you see his hologram executing Order 66, I always just think of him in Rise of Skywalker now, shooting lightning up in the air and (laughs) (laughs) disabling all the the ships. Let's just say 7, 8, and 9, those aren't canon. But um, I think what could have been really cool for those three, and obviously I'm super dark dressing, we'll we'll get back to Clone Wars right after this, but uh, dude, if they just like explored Finn as a Jedi, like a Force-sensitive stormtrooper, bro, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, that was potential. I thought they were no, going to explore that. I thought they were going to explore that scene between Sidious and Anakin more, where he explains Darth Plagueis. Like I thought that's where they were going with the sequel trilogy. I think that's yeah. what they might do with High Republic. Pretty cool, dude, oh, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Now back back to Clone Wars because this yeah. is this is a positive podcast. We're staying right, right. We're staying, yeah. we're staying happy on this one because that that final episode. Uh, I I remember like opening it up at midnight, opening up Disney Plus at midnight, and seeing that I was twenty three minutes and having a mini fit in my head where I was like, final episode twenty three minutes. Like what the hell, right? Uh, but that right. episode definitely felt longer than twenty three minutes. It was something that I was definitely invested in, mm-hmm. and it was something that was, it was something that was very well handled. And once Ahsoka's flying out of the ship and she gets in, she rendezvous in the sky with Rex, uh, and she's just quiet and like the look on her face and the disappointment on her face, that's the part that got me. And again, there, I think for me there is a shot that's going to stick with Star Wars for a long time or forever possibly that summarizes the entire series, the entire like franchise, I think. And that's that shot with Vader and the blue lightsaber, which represents that conflict, right? Like that scene, I mean, that shot for me has become my favorite Star Wars shot because it represents the entire franchise just in that one shot. Man, you're right. That's crazy. And yeah. that's that's what I, I absolutely loved about like the symbolism of that entire scene, which like it just felt like Star Wars on another level. You know, like this is this is original trilogy Star Wars put in a prequel setting. There were a lot of great shots in the episode. Like um I really like the shot where um the Star Shore comes out of hyperspace and it's just all damaged. It just yes. shoots right back and there's smoke behind it and pieces are falling apart. It's like this huge, like wide shot. I thought that was really beautiful. And I also liked, uh, I guess it is technically the very last shot where Darth Vader is walking away and you see his reflection mm-hmm. on the clothes mm-hmm. and the, yeah. the visor. That was really good too. That was really, really good. I will say that that last episode and I think the previous episode too, but those episodes affected my mood for a full day. <laughs> like I was just thinking about it. I was like, oh, That's oh good. man. Yeah, yeah. It, it really showed everlasting effects, and uh, I, I think like, b- before I mean, before satisfying we, ending. Yeah, like more than anything, I just want to say that Clone Wars as a whole, and especially that scene where Ahsoka is looking at all those helmets that are on the bear and the clones she buried on the soldiers she buried. That like there's there's I think a quote that said like we we fought a war we were never meant to win. And in some sense, I think the brilliance of Clone Wars remains in its message and its commentary on war in general, because mm-hmm. I think it very much mirrors reality. And that's why we love Star Wars, because that's why we love any film or any medium is because it, it in some sense, mirrors our reality. It's mm-hmm. an escapism, but it's also commentary without 
feeling like it's like batting you on the head. And right. more than anything, Clone Wars had a had great commentary on war and what it can do to you. And especially like Ahsoka, by the end of Clone Wars, Ahsoka's like 17. Like she's still a kid, right? She's young, yeah. Out yeah. of all the things, like the Jedi are okay with, like, there's so many messed up things about the Jedi, right? Like sending kids to war and, like, again, great, great commentary on what goes on in reality. But yeah. do y'all do y'all feel that this was a satisfying ending? Yes. I would I would say it's a very satisfying ending. Obviously, I'd love more, you know, but mm. this was a perfect way to wrap it up. No, it it just felt like a very like everything was leading up to this yeah. moment. Like they just I thought they executed it really, really well. Yeah. Like I said, it's not just some of the best Star Wars I've ever I've seen, but it's some of the best television I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um I, I would say like it's a very it's very good. It married episode two and episode three together. You gotta see how Anakin turns to the dark side. You gotta see how how the clones were affected. Um all around fantastic series ending was perfect yeah. i mean when i mean like best some of the best television like mine is yeah. in reference to those final four episodes uh but still like overall the shows shows really good yeah what would y'all uh rate season seven though like overall not just this beautiful siege of mandalore arc but like looking at all of it I'd give it a seven out of ten. I'll give it one star destroyer out of. <laughs> what, well, first of all, he's starting with one. That sounds very concerning. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, there, there's no other number above that that would make that <laughs> a positive score. <laughs> like maybe a one point three. One star one destroyer point. out of two. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a no, fifty. I would. I would say like it's a solid. Nine out of ten. The only reason why it's minus one is because either there was like empty space caused by the whole Martez arc, and then some of like random bad batch occurrences. But I would still give it like a very high score, not a perfect ten, but like nine out of ten. Yeah, I I think I'd go. I mean, again, like after refu- like take the entire season into account, and taking the entire season into account, I'm about where Joel is, and I'd give it like a seven point five. Um, if it was just a Siege of Mandalore, I'd give it a 10. I'd like, give it a 10 as well. I'd give yeah. it a 10 out of 10. Uh, but, and then if, like, if I were to individually rate it, Bad Batch, 8 out of 10. Martez, 6 out of 10. And then Mandalore was 10 out of 10. But again, entire season would be a 7.5. The, yeah. interest, the part that I'm interested in is like, how do we feel about the entire series? If, like, we, we've described the entire series, but like, if we were to give it like a rating, now that's complete, what would y'all go for? Hmm. Well, I definitely think that uh, the series started off rough, but they were just trying to get their footing. You know, it's pretty, that happens with a lot of shows, you know, most of them really. Um, so yeah, but I'd say overall, the, I mean, the series was pretty great. I'd probably give it like an 8.5 out of 10. 8.5 just because there are some, bullshit arcs in the series like i'm not gonna put on my nostalgia goggles in here like if i'm gonna Mm -hmm. tell you that jar jar and the disappeared part one and two are great fucking star wars content because they are okay (laughs) (laughs) that was season six too i think but uh oh jar jar and mace windu was that yeah yeah i don't i don't i don't even think i watched those like in their entirety any jars like actually clone wars made me dislike jar jar even more like i didn't mind jar jar and phantom menace but he was annoying as hell in clone wars I would say like 7.5 out of 10 with season one in the movie. Okay. Yeah, I think including season one and even season two was a little bit problematic for me. But including those two, I'm still where Joel is. I'm still going for 8.5 overall. I still think it was a really good show. Uh, and if if we were to take like, again, for me, if we were to take season three through seven, it'd be like all, maybe a, even a 10, right? Like... They had some. They had some great work, and like Filoni had said, like I think they got canceled about the time where they were really like hitting it out of the park. So even when Clone Wars started, it got a lot of hate. Like, why are they making this? What are they doing with this? The first two, three seasons got a lot of hate. Um, and I think for us watching the show from beginning to end, from the Cartoon Network days. By the way, Cartoon Network, they're the re- they're the true heroes in this. Like, they get a major shout out. 
Like yeah. Cartoon Network still pumps out some quality stuff. Like they get they're a ma- major shout out. But like um, for us, I think this show ending is kind of like a big deal. Um, and uh, hey, man, they they've been the OG since my childhood. They're the reason why I sit up till eleven p.m. on some days, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I would watch the new episode and then. The sat uh, the next Saturday morning they would have a preview on the Star Wars website for the next week's episode. It's a, it's a it's a really good show and it will Clone Wars you will be missed and we all must give a round of applause for Sir Dave Filoni the yes. real the real goat of Star and, Wars and uh, to his future endeavors in Star Wars I'm excited, Wars I'm excited to see what yeah. he does. Um, He's gonna do great. Well, uh, thank thank you to the people for listening. I know we didn't have a word of the day, but we will have one hopefully in the next one. Um, if there is a word of the day, though, it is, um, actually, no, I was, I was hoping something would come out of my mouth. Uh, closure. There you go. Closure is a word closure. of the day. I there like that. Go. All right. I'll see y'all. Like I'll that. see y'all soon. All right. Stay safe. Y'all too.